Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Uh, Today we'll be covering chapter 16 of the teachings on the doctrine of eternal lives. Uh, This chapter is titled, Joseph Brigham and Heber Will Finish Their Work. Joseph Smith um, will finish his work. Quote, Lift up your head and rejoice, for behold, it is well with my servants Joseph and Hiram. My servant Joseph still holds the keys of my kingdom in this dispensation, and he shall stand in due time upon the earth in the flesh and fulfill that which he has, which he is appointed. A revelation given to Parley P. Pratt, Autobiography of Parley P. Pratt, page 294, 1985 edition. So it is with the prophet Joseph Smith. He has gone before with the keys of this dispensation, after having lived and conferred them upon the authorities of the church, even all that was necessary until he shall come again to build up his kingdom preparatory to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Franklin D. Richards, referring to Joseph Smith, Journal of Discourses, volume 26, page 302. You will gather many people into the vastness of the Rocky Mountains as a center for the gathering of the people, and you will be faithful because you have been true. And many of those who come under your ministry, because of their much learning, will seek for high positions, and they will set and they will be set up and raise themselves in eminence above you. But you will walk in low places unannounced, and you will know all that transpires in their midst. And those that are my friends will be your friends. This I will promise to you, that that when I come again to lead you forth, for I will go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am, you shall be with me. Quoting the prophet Joseph Smith in the diary of E. Forsgren, fate of the persecute. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that's E. Forsgren in the book Fate of the Persecutors of Joseph Smith by N. B. Lundwald, page 154. For in that day, for my sake shall the Father work a work which shall be a great and marvelous work among them. And there shall be among them those who will not believe it, although a man, a man, shall declare it unto them. But behold, the life of my servant shall be in my hand. Therefore they shall not hurt him, although he shall be marred because of them. Yet I will kill him, for I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil." 3rd Nephi chapter 21 verse 9. I just have to say something about that real quick. The reason he is marred, um, it's not necessarily because he is physically marred. It is because they mar his reputation. Those who will not believe him of the saints and the Gentiles, they will say that he is crazy. They will discount him. They will ignore him. They will cause uh, rumors to go around about him. They will try to uh, 
They will try to persecute him in any way that they can. This is how the marred servant or the Davidic servant will come forth among his people. That Rabbi Yitzhak Kadori taught that in 2006 before he died. And if you don't know who Rabbi Yitzhak Kadori is, he is a Kabbalist, Kabbalistic uh, rabbi that was venerated by his people. His funeral had like 350,000 people at it. He was born in the 1890s and he died in 2006. And he taught that he had met the Messiah. And he said that his name was Yehoshua, which is the Aramaic of Yeshua, which is a tra- uh, which Jesus comes from that, that name. Um, Jesus is a transliteration of Yeshua or Yehoshua. There were no J's in the Hebrew alphabet. When Jesus was on the earth, his name was Yeshua or Yehoshua. Um, but the rabbi taught that he had met this Messiah, but he also talked about another Messiah that he said was on the earth at that time. And at that time, he did not know who he was, but that he would, um, that he would come forth among the people and he would use the internet to spread his nation or his, his, uh, the words of God around the nations of the world which goes right along with Isaiah chapter 49, where it states that he, speaking of the Davidic servant in the last days, shall sprinkle the nations with his word, which is what is happening right now with the use of the internet, as Rabbi Yitzhak Kadori taught, that the Messiah ben Joseph, or the forerunner of Messiah ben Judah, or Messiah ben David, who is Jesus Christ, that this Messiah ben Joseph would be an Elias to prepare the way, much like John the Baptist did, for the return of of Jesus Christ and for the gathering of the remnant talked about so much in the Isaiah chapters. Um, But that he will be marred in his reputation. They'll they'll consider him crazy. Uh, They will try to say a bunch of things about him to get people not to listen to him, just to discount him. And yes, he will be physically marred at the end of his life when he is beheaded in the streets of Jerusalem with the other witness in the last days. Messiah ben Joseph is God's witness on the earth. And um, I proclaim to be him. Um, I have seen the father and the son face to face. And I have embraced them in the flesh. And that was in 2003, three years before, or two and a half to three years before Rabbi Yitzhak Kadori talked about this man not knowing who he was at the time. And I didn't. I, I marveled for a long time. Why is it that God revealed himself to me? Why is it that God allowed me to touch him? Like nobody else had that happen except for maybe Jesus Christ. And I know Jesus did that he was an apostle and eyewitness of the Father in the flesh, same as I am. And in 2013, God commanded me to kneel down before him and ask him who I am. And when I said, Father, who am I? He took me up and he showed me how I was chosen and that I was one of the ones mighty and strong and that I was chosen to take the place of Lucifer when he fell 
which is the position of God, the witness, or the light bearer, or the bearer of truth and light. That is what Lucifer means, and it is the same as Hillel ben Shachar, um, that Lucifer lost his position and his rebellion, and he was cast down to the earth and became Hasatan, or Hashatan, uh, or the Satan. And uh, I was the one that took his place. As, as one of they who are mighty and strong, but more importantly, as the witness of the Father and the Son. So that's who I am, Mashiach ben Yosef, um, the second witness of the Father and the Son. So anyway, continuing on with um, the reading here. Okay, uh, continuing on with the reading here. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And many were astonished at thee. His visage was so marred more than that of any man, for his form was more than the sons of men, meaning he will be a large man. So shall he sprinkle many nations, and the king shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. That's Third Nephi chapter 20, verses 43 through 45. That's also in Isaiah 49. And like I said, he shall sprinkle the nations of the earth with his word. And how does he do that? It's just as Rabbi Yitzhak Kadori taught that the Messiah ben Yosef would use the internet to spread the message of of the wit his witness to the nations of the earth through social media. Anyway, that was Third Nephi chapter twenty, verse forty-three through forty-five, and also Isaiah forty-nine. No weapon formed against him shall prosper, and though the wicked mar him for a little season, meaning they. They uh, they say things about him to disparage him and to libel and, libel and slander him. That's how they mar him up until the end of his life when he is marred physically. But the marring that is spoken of here is the marring of reputation. So very few people will actually accept me for who I am. Um he shall be like one rising up in the heat of wine, like a sheaf fully ripe, gathered into the garner. So shall he stand before the Lord, having produced a hundredfold. Thus, thus spake my father Joseph, therefore, my son, I know for a surety that those things will be fulfilled, and I confer upon thee all these blessings. Thou shalt stand upon the earth when it shall reel to and fro as a drunken man and be removed out of its place. Thou shalt stand when the mighty judgments go forth to the destruction of the wicked. Thou shalt stand on Mount Zion when the tribes of Jacob shall come shouting to the north from the north and with thy brethren and the sons of Ephraim crown them in the in the name of Jesus Christ thou shalt see thy redeemer come in the clouds of heaven and with the just receive the hallowed throng with the shouts of hallelujah praises 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Excerpts from Joseph Smith's patriarchal blessing given by his father, Joseph Smith Sr. Joseph Smith Sr. from the transcript, page 8, F25 photocopy in the RLDS archives, the original patriarchal blessings, volume 1, page 3 and 4, LDS archives. Continuing on with the quotes. But verily I say unto you, I have decreed that your brethren will have been scattered, who have been scattered shall return to their land, the lands of their inheritance and shall build up the waste places of Zion. For after much tribulation, as I have said unto you in a former commandment, bless cometh the blessings. Behold, this is the blessing which I have promised after your tribulations and the tribulations of your brethren, your redemption and the redemption of your brethren, even their restoration to the land of Zion, to be established, no more to be thrown down. Nevertheless, if they pollute their inheritances, they shall be thrown down, for I will not spare them if they pollute their inheritances." Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and of the seed of Abraham, and ye must needs be led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And as your fathers were led at first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore let not your hearts faint, for I say unto you, I say not unto you as I said unto your fathers, mine angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. But I say unto you, mine angel shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time ye shall possess the goodly land. I just want to say something here. God is saying that his presence will go before them, not just the angels of God or the Melech of God, but the the presence of God will go before you. This means, uh, so I got to say something. I'm not done with this quote, but I'm going to talk about this for a minute. In Joseph Smith history, Moroni tells Joseph Smith that Acts chapter 3, 22 and 23 is about to take place. But that man is not, or that man is Christ, but the day had not yet come when he would be rejected by his people. Well, Jesus Christ, who is Messiah ben David, or Messiah ben Judah ben David, he was rejected by his people. So this is not speaking about Messiah ben Judah, but speaking about Messiah ben Joseph. And the day had not yet come when he would be rejected by his people. Well, who are his people? Those are the people of the tribe of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, but mostly Ephraim, that would reject him when he came. um, Doctrine and Covenants, section 85, Jesus says that he will send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order, implying it would become out of order, which it has. And then he would send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order. This individual whom Moroni talked about, who was um, 
he was saying, uh, he was talking about um, Acts chapter 2, or uh, ch- chapter 3, 22 and 23 was about to take place on the earth. If you go to Acts chapter 3, 22 and 23, it speaks of the man likened to Moses, which is also talked about in the Doctrine and Covenants. This is Messiah ben Joseph, who had not yet been rejected by his people. And what it talks about, the presence of God will go among the people. It's saying basically that, well, it's a mystery, but I'll reveal it to you right now, that this man had not yet been born at the time of Joseph Smith, but he would be coming upon the face of the earth and that he that he would lead the people or the remnant. And the reason why it talks about the presence of God is because he is God the witness who you would refer to as the Holy Ghost come in the flesh. Joseph Smith uh, stated two statements about God the witness coming in the flesh or the Holy Ghost yet needing to take a body to come and do the same or similar things as Jesus Christ had done. He talked about that in 1844. Yet many people, they don't understand it because it's a mystery and it was not yet time to be revealed, but the time is now at hand when I have come among the people. To be a witness to the Father and the Son as an apostle of the Father and an eyewitness of the Father and the Son. So let me go back and read this again. Now that I've laid out a little bit of what I'm talking about here, just so that you understand what this is. Sorry, it's a long quote. But verily I say unto you, I have decreed that your brethren will, which have been scattered shall return to the lands of their inheritance and shall build up the waste places of Zion. For after much tribulation, as I have said unto you, and for in a former commandment cometh the blessings. Behold, this is the blessing which I have promised after your tribulations and the tribulations of your brethren. Okay, so um, your redemption and the redemption of your brethren, even the restoration to to the land of Zion, to be established, no more to be thrown down. Nevertheless, if they pollute their inheritances, they shall be thrown down, for I will not spare them if they pollute their inheritances. Behold, I say unto you, The redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses. Remember Acts chapter 3, 22 and 23 and Moroni talking about the servant who would come forth, who was a Christ, but had not yet been rejected at that time by his people. Who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel? For ye are the children of Israel and the seed of Abraham, and ye must needs be led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. As your fathers were led at first, even shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore, let 
not your hearts faint. For I say, in, I say not unto you, as I said unto your fathers, mine angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. Okay, this is the key part. But I say unto you, mine angels shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time ye shall possess the goodly land. Verily, verily, I say unto you that my servant Joseph Smith and Brigham Young spliced revelations together, and that's what he did here. My servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man whom I likened to, likened the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I have given unto you. And that's Doctrine and Covenants section 103 verses 11 through 21. See the parable immediately below. And now I will show unto you a parable that you may know my will concerning the redemption of Zion. A certain nobleman had a spot of land, very choice, and he sh- and he said unto his servant, Go ye unto my servant, even upon this very choice piece of land, and plant twelve olive trees. And I set... And set watchmen round about them and build up, build a tower that only, or I'm sorry, that one may look, overlook the land round about to be a watchman upon the tower that mine olive trees may not be broken down when the enemy shall come to spoil and take upon themselves the fruit of my vineyard. Now the servants of the noblemen went and did as their Lord commanded them and planted the olive trees and built a hedge round about and set watchmen and began to build the tower. And while they were yet laying the foundation thereof, they began to say amongst themselves, what need hath the Lord of this tower? Or uh, to paraphrase, What need hath the Lord of these doctrines that were taught by Joseph Smith and Brigham Young? That's actually happening right now, and it's been happening in the church for a very long time. And consulted for a long time, saying among themselves, What need hath my Lord of this tower? See, they they themselves, the watchmen on the tower, are tearing down the tower. The tower is the gospel and the mysteries of the kingdom as revealed by the prophet Joseph Smith and also expounded upon by uh, Brigham Young, the student of Joseph Smith. Might not this money be given to the exchangers? What's that? The tithing of the people is given to the stock exchanges and the financial advisors instead of doing the work of the Lord. Uh, which is um, building up Zion, but also taking care of the poor and the sick and the afflicted and building united orders and doing the things of gathering uh, that they have been commanded to do. And God has not rescinded his commands for these things to happen, yet they have decided to take the money and give it to the exchangers. And that's right in the scriptures. For there is no need of these things, and while they were at variance one with another, they, be, they became very slothful, and they hearkened not unto the commandments of their Lord, meaning they did away with the things that were revealed by the prophet Joseph Smith as part of the restoration because they didn't think that they were necessary. Things like the law of adoption, the united order, and the law of con- the true order of the law of consecration. 
uh, the gathering of Israel, the Adam-God doctrine. Yes, it is a doctrine. It was taught by Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, plural celestial marriage, many of these things. They think that they can tear them down because they are not necessary for the church, and they've decided to with uh, to basically gaslight the people into saying these things don't matter, or they were never taught, or if they're caught in their lie, they say, yeah, they were taught, but they are the seven deadly heresies of Brigham Young. But Brigham Young learned them from the prophet Joseph Smith. And they they take the 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 wealth of Zion or the tithings of their church, and they give them to the money exchangers, the stock exchanges, and the the investment portfolios, not to do the work of the Lord, but to build up wealth for their own their own financial interests. Continuing on with the scripture. And the enemy came by night and broke down the hedge, and the servants of the noblemen arose and were affrighted and fled. And the enemy destroyed their works and broke down the olive trees. Now behold, the noblemen, the lord of the vineyard, called upon his servants and said unto them, Why, what is the cause of this great evil? Because of what they have been doing for the past 160 years. Ought ye not to have done even as I commanded you? But see, they don't. They say, oh, those things aren't necessary for us anymore. We don't have to worry about them. Or they were never taught. Or if they're caught in their lie, oh, they're the seven deadly heresies of Brigham Young. Even though Brigham Young learned them from the prophet Joseph Smith. After ye have planted the vineyard and built the hedge round about and set watchmen upon the walls thereof, build the tower also and set a watchman upon the tower and watched for my vineyard. This is what you should have done. This is what he's saying. And not have fallen asleep, lest the enemy should come upon you. And behold, the watchman upon the tower would have seen the enemy while he was yet afar off. But what happens is that these watchmen, they become part of the enemy. The wolves in sheep's clothing, the Babylonian businessmen, who are the lawyers and the financial advisors of the of the church and the false administrators who are those who are meant to be the watchmen who are not doing their job. And then you could have made ready and kept the enemy from breaking down the hedge thereof and saved my vineyard from the hands of the destroyer. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto his and unto one, one of his servants, go and gather together the residue of my servants. And Isaiah talks about the residue or the remnant of the people. This is what he's talking about. The residue of my servants and take all the strength of mine house, meaning they are taken away. It's the, the, the separation of the wheat and the chaff or the tares. The tares are taken away so that the church can be burned. Take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, that they that are of middle age also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, save those only who I've appointed to tarry. So some are appointed to tarry. And go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard. 
for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their towers and scatter their watchmen, and insomuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of mine house and possess the land. And the servant said unto his Lord, When shall these things be? And he said unto his servant, When I will, go ye straightway and do all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And this shall be my seal and blessing upon you and a faithful and wise steward in the midst of mine house and a ruler in my kingdom. And his servant went straightway and did all things whatsoever his Lord commanded him. And after many days, all things were fulfilled. This is Doctrine and Covenants section 101 verses 43 through 62. And now... I will now tell you something that ought to comfort. Actually, I got to say something. In Isaiah, it talks about the residue going among the highways of the top of the mountains and in the desert places. In Isaiah 35, it talks about the redemption of Zion being in the wilderness. This is in the tabernacle in the wilderness after the residue or the remnant of the people shall be gathered. And during the destruction of Babylon the Great, when the society is collapsing, these individuals will go and be led by the marred servant or the Davidic servant or Messiah ben Joseph, who is partly of the house of Ephraim and partly of the house of David. And he will lead them in the highways of the top of the mountains and into the desert places. And this place has been prepared by the Lord. And I know exactly where it is. And it is a place of refuge and safety while Babylon the Great burns down around them. And in the wilderness, as they, uh, as they, the residue or the remnant of the people are obedient, that God will reveal himself in the tabernacle that will be built there and they will receive the fullness of the priesthood and Zion will be redeemed in that place. And after the destruction and the fires have have dissipated, those people will go forth from the tops of the mountains and the desert places and they will be regathered into the center place of Zion and establish her among the nations. That's how this is going to happen. Continuing on, I I will now tell you something that ought to comfort every man and woman on the face of the earth. Joseph Smith Jr. will again be on this earth dictating plans and calling forth his brethren to be baptized for the very characters who wish this was not so in order to bring them into a kingdom to enjoy. Perhaps the presence of angels or the spirits of good men, if they cannot endure the presence of the Father and the Son, and he will never cease his operations under the direction of the Son of God until the last ones of the children of men are saved that can be from Father Adam till now. Should not this thought comfort all people? they will by and by be a thousand times more thankful for such a man as Joseph Smith Jr. than it is possible for them to be 
for them to be for any earth, earthly good whatever. It is his mission to see that all the children of men in this last dispensation are saved that can be through the redemption. You will be thankful, every one of you, that Joseph Smith Jr. was ordained to this great calling before the worlds were. I told you that the doctrine of election and reprobation is a true doctrine. It was decreed in the councils of the eternity. Long before the foundations of the earth were laid, that he should be a man in the last dispensation of this world to bring forth the word of God to his people and receive the fullness of the keys and power of the priesthood of the Son of God. And that is Brigham Young, Joseph, uh, speaking about Joseph Smith in Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 289. I don't think Brigham understood completely about these things. So the reason why I have a problem with that, not that Joseph Smith can't come back, but remember there's two witnesses. Not one, there's two. One is the Davidic servant. The other one is a mystery. But Joseph Smith is a pure Ephraimite. And the reason why I do not believe that Joseph Smith is a Davidic servant has to do with Genesis chapter 49, where Jacob is blessing Joseph. And he says that the, the scepter of power or the keys of authority shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Well, as I've said before, Jesus Christ, he is a Jew. So the scepter of power did not depart from Judah when he came. Peter, James, and John were Jews. And the scepter of power remained with the house of Judah when they had them. But when Peter, James, and John gave the keys or the scepter of power to Joseph Smith, the keys of are the scepter of power, the keys of the kingdom, departed from Judah or the tribe of Judah to a man who was a pure Ephraimite, who was Joseph Smith. And that Joseph Smith is Shiloh. Now the Davidic servant is of the house of David, and David of uh, and his father Jesse were Jews. So when Joseph Smith has them, he is a pure Ephraimite. The scepter of power is not among the Jews when he has them, but it will be shared among the Jews and the tribe of Ephraim in the last days. The Davidic servant is partly of the house of Judah and partly of the house of Joseph. Doctrine and Covenants section 113 actually talks about this, and it's referring to Isaiah chapter 11, which is referring to the stem, the root, the rod, and the branch. When Joseph Smith asked what the stem was, Jesus Christ says in Doctrine and Covenants section 113, Verily I say unto you that the stem is Christ, or meaning a Messiah. He did not say, I am the stem. He did not say the stem is Jesus Christ. All he said was the stem is Christ. Now the Gentiles do not understand what a Messiah is. A Messiah is anything or anyone who is anointed to serve God. The temple or uh, the temple utensils and furniture in the old temples were all called Mashiach or Messiah. 
Jesus Christ was anointed of the Father at the Mount of Transfiguration, and he is Messiah ben Judah. He is of the house of David. Messiah ben Joseph is also a Messiah that shall come in the last days, and he will be a Messiah to his people. And according to Joseph Smith, Moroni said that he would uh, that this Messiah would be rejected by his people. This is Messiah ben Joseph. This individual is partly of the house of Judah and partly of the house of David. Now, if Joseph Smith was the Davidic servant, he would have to be of the house of Judah. But when the scepter of power was given to him, the scepter of power departed from Judah, as as Genesis chapter 49 states, it departed from the house of Judah when a pure Ephraimite or Shiloh received the, the, the scepter of power and the keys of authority. Now, will Joseph Smith return to assist in the work? I believe he will. However, there's two witnesses. Joseph Smith is one. I am the other. So, anyway. Um, and you know what? Brigham Young didn't understand these things. Anyway, continuing on. Brigham Young speaking uh, of about Joseph Smith. All right, so Joseph, uprisen from the grave like mound, his ancient and inglorious battleground, retreats with modern step with painful path where erst he fled, a fugitive from wrath. And that's Orson F. Whitney's Elias Canto 9. I don't know. And when you have finished the translation of the prophets, you shall from that thenceforth preside over the affairs of the church and this shall be your business and mission in all your lives multiple lives and um, to preside in council and set in order all the affairs of this church and kingdom doctrine and covenant section 90 verse 13 and 16 alright got to do part 5 Sorry, I'm making uh, videos, uh, and I'm only doing 10-minute long segments, so. All right, let's get back into this. All right, other saints preached that the day was not far distant when Joseph and Hiram would be with this people. And that's talking about the Mormon Reformation by Paul H. Peterson, page 44. Let's see here. Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball will finish their work. You will be blessed and will see the day when the Presidents Young, Kimball, and Wells and the Twelve Apostles will be in Jackson County, Missouri, laying out your inheritances in the flesh. Of course, we should look well without being in the flesh. We shall be there in the flesh, and all our enemies cannot prevent it. Brother Wells, you may write that. So this is Brigham Young. You will be there, and Willard will be there, and also Jedediah, and Joseph, and Hiram, and David, and Parley. And the day will be when I will see those men in general assembly of the Church of the Firstborn in the great councils, council of God in Jerusalem too. Will... We want you 
to be along. I heard Joseph say twice that Brother Brigham, Brigham and I should be in that council in Jerusalem when there should be a uniting of the two divisions of God's government. Interesting. So the kingdom of God and the church of God. Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 27. Heber C. Kimball talking about Brigham Young and himself with others. So that was Heber C. Kimball. I'm sorry. All right. So that's the end of chapter 16. When we come back, um, we'll be in chapter 17, Joseph and some thought-provoking possibilities. So the early brethren of the church believed that Joseph Smith would return in the flesh upon the face of the earth. And... um, I think there can be a place for this. Now, I haven't been revealed that for sure. All that I know is that God revealed to me that um, that when a new heaven and a new earth is created after the resurrection, that we will have the opportunity to put off our resurrection and go on a new earth in a new mortal probation that we may gain a higher resurrection. And that as long as we remain in the resurrected bodies that were damned from progressing, but that we have the opportunity to progress by putting those resurrections off and going on the new earth to go through the experiences needed that we may gain a higher resurrection. But but God told me there was more to it, and I don't fully understand what that means, but I do think that there is a place for Joseph Smith to return upon the face of the earth. Now, I don't proclaim to be him. I am a literal descendant of King David through my father's mother, who was um, Lucille Reisovitz, who is a Czechoslovakian East German Jew. And I'm also a descendant of Charlemagne through my mother's side, through the kings of Scotland and England, and uh, those lines go back to Ephraim. So I'm partly of the house of Judah and partly of the house of Ephraim. So anyway, uh, like I said, we'll come back on um, to do chapter 17, Joseph Smith and some thought-provoking possibilities. Um, Real quick... So I am uh, recording these videos to go up onto YouTube and possibly TikTok. But if you want to listen to the full uncut version, you can go listen to my podcasts um, on iTunes at Zion's Redemption Radio Network and blogtalkradio.com. It's Fundamentally Mormon. So Zion's Redemption Radio Network and Fundamentally Mormon, which is a part of Zion's Redemption Radio Network. So these are my podcasts, and these are in full format. Uh, But you can watch them on the YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass. And then my TikTok, you can find me at Red Pill Mormon. That's Red Pill Mormon on TikTok. And uh, these are the social media accounts that I'm using to spread or sprinkle the nations of the earth with the witness that I have of the Father and the Son and also the revelations that they have shown me and taught me personally. And 
where I expound upon the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith and others who were taught by him. So anyway, thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless and goodbye.